And so, so causes of AKI, so there are many, okay, so I'm just going to go through some uh, and hopefully most of the common ones. So dehydration or hypotension, so you're getting reduced renal uh, blood flow, renal fusion, drugs, so via various mechanisms, so vancomycin, gentamicin, NSAIDs, Chinese and herbal medicines, and all these can, can do so via a range of mechanisms. So it's, it's very heterogeneous, but just be aware that uh, drugs uh, can cause renal impairment, acute kidney injury, uh, and this is um, not always predictable. So this can be a kind of idiosyncratic reaction as well as a predictable reaction. So if you give anyone enough gentamicin, uh, you know, if you massively overdose someone on gentamicin, you give them acute kidney injury, and that's predictable. Some people might develop an interstitial infarctus, which is almost like a kind of um, uh, allergic reaction or idiosyncratic reaction, which is not really easy to predict who will get that. Uh, contrast administration, so that's a bit controversial, so the role of uh, modern venous contrast agents in AKI uh, is probably minimal, so um, contrast associated nephropathy with venous contrast is um, probably confounded in the studies by a bit of bias in terms of which patients are getting contrast, so even if you think about the patients who uh, come through the front door need an emergency CT scan, patients who are septic, hypovolemic, hemorrhaging, you know, they've got a lot of uh, other reasons to have an acute kidney injury, so there might be a bit of a concern with that. Uh, and also the agents that we use now are very different to the ones we used before. Um, arterial contrast is a slightly different story, so coronary angiography is a higher risk, so um, less worried now with, uh, with venous contrast, certainly competitive to what we've got before. Um, Obstruction, so again, this is more prevalent uh, in um, elderly men due to the prostate and in patients with uh, solid organ tumours, pelvic tumours, etc. Um, sepsis, so sepsis can cause hypotension uh, and a relative uh, hypovolemia, but also now newer evidence is suggesting that sepsis also causes changes in the microvasculature. So it's not quite as simple as just a pure pre-renal so there are things going on um, at a cellular level, at a microcircuitry level, uh, which means that it's, it's, but, uh, well, it's in intrinsic renal pathology as well as pre-renal, so it's both. Rhabdomyolysis, so breakdown of, uh, of muscle releasing myoglobin, which is toxic. Myeloma, glomerular disease, so it's going to be anything like the lupus and phytus, vasculitis. Stones or crystals precipitating vasculitis, intraplanal tension, so lots of causes. And then um, this diagram here from Comprehensive uh, Clinical Nephrology, uh, a nice visual representation of where things can go wrong. Um, you know, so uh, pre renal community there, so states of absolute relative hypovolemia and hypofusion, including cardiac failure and hepatorenal syndrome. Uh, arterial uh, or venous catastrophe, so renal thrombosis, uh, renal artery occlusion, disease of the small vessels, so small vessel vasculitis, thrombotic microangiography, renal atherombolism, and glomerular disease, anti GBM, lupus necrotis, post infective GM, infective endocarditis, um, membrane proliferative glomerular nephritis, chronoglobulinemia, hygienopathy. In the tubules itself, so we get acute tubular necrosis, so this can be, uh, these can be damaged by rhabdomyolysis and also by nephrotoxins and ischemia. 
um, radio contrast agent it says here, and that's a bit controversial with the zenith agent, there's certainly a, um, there's a greater uh, risk with arterial contrast. Interstitial nephritis, and most commonly uh, this will be uh, due to uh, the drug, so someone might have started a new drug recently, uh, there may be an eosinophilia, there may be fever, there may be rash, and then a temporal relationship with the drug, so most commonly would be things like um, most antibiotics can cause it, but also things like um, uh, purinol, uh, NSAIDs, uh, that result. But most drugs, if you look at the literature, probably have been uh, associated somewhere along the line with an interstitial process. Uh, that's biopsy diagnosis, uh, so you can a biopsy to diagnose that. Um, Intraglomerular obstruction, so with casts, uh, precipitating tubules, drugs, and crystals. And then urinary uh, obstruction, which can be kind of, um, at lots of locations along the urinary tract, uh, essentially, um, and can be sort of entering the within the urinary tract and external as well. And so what you'll see here is uh, this from this diagram, we've got a very rich tapestry of causes here, um, and the fact that someone has an acute kidney injury that in itself doesn't tell you what the cause is. So that's kind of the way I think about it is acute kidney injury um, is useful because it can give you some general points about management, but it's not really the definitive diagnosis. You know, it's a syndrome. It's an end point of the other stuff that's going on. So that's worth remembering and remembering that you know not all causes of acute kidney injury are managed in the same way. Um, you know, it's kind of it's the end point of whatever's gone before. So that's worth remembering. Um, so this diagram, you can see uh, again, it's a similar diagram to um, the one before. I encourage you to um, look at uh, this diagram in context of clinical nephrology if you can. But it basically shows um, lots of the different ways in which drugs of various types can affect acute um, kidney injury. So. Um, pre-renal azotemia from antihypertensive agents and diuretics, post-renal obstruction uh, caused by papillary necrosis uh, or urinary retention, uh, intratubular uh, obstruction caused by crystal formation such as cyclovir, acute interstitial nephritis again can be caused by lots of medications of which I mentioned before, um, direct tubular toxicity from lots of agents such as antitericin, glycoside, the list goes on. Glomerular disease, secondary uh, to Vimazole, uh, which can be is one of the um, components that can be part of cocaine, uh, as well as various organic solvents, such as aerosol. And then small vessel disease, so thrombotic microangiopathies can be caused by things like Pidavel, quinine, um, various uh, chemotherapy, calcium inhibitors, and then renal vasoconstriction that can be caused by things uh, affecting the microvasculature, such as uh, NSAIDs or cocaine. Um, there are lots more examples of each of these causes, so just pick one or two uh, for each one. So what factors um, are risk factors for acute kidney injury? So lots of these are not surprising. So age, apparently males are more susceptible. So um, pre-existing chronic kidney disease, and proteinuria, so that makes sense. You know, you've already got a damaged kidney, uh, therefore the threshold at which 
kidney function where you get worse if you lower those with uh, diabetes, congestive heart failure, sepsis, volume depletion, chronic liver disease, and hypouricemia are also at increased risk. So, risk factors for chronic kidney disease after acute kidney injury. So, some of these are the same as before. So, it's just worth knowing that acute kidney injury can persist, um, and some people are left with quite a significant degree of renal impairment uh, after their acute kidney injury. But, um, Age based on EGFR, congestive heart failure, hypertension, recurrent AKI, severity of AKI, EGFR, hospital discharge, and serum albumin um, during hospitalisation can be uh, associated with increased risk of chronic.